0: We're going from A to Wyoming Talking about the homies Making stuff in the USA We're shooting the shit together to legit Forever this is the Stars of the States So I'm using my actual mic this time Because I listened back to some of the other ones And the phone quality Like I just don't sound good Yeah Because you actually sound good. Like the way it comes in through Zoom into the mixer, it sounds good. Right. I feel like you guys are living in a, it's kind of a crowded space, even though everybody's kind of in and out, but it's still a lot of people in one house. Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) You're like, tell me about it. Like, tell me something I don't know.
1: I just keep saying it to Matt. I'm like, I want to live with you
0: and only you.
1: He's like, I know, babe, and we just can't make that happen overnight. I'm like, yeah, I
0: know. But. Yeah. Oh, my God, I know. I mean, Alex, with uh, our whole thing, half of it was money, and the other half was just like, are we are we really ready? And it's a big commitment and everything, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can always do what I used to do and wait until the release ends and then be like, actually, I'm good. We should break up. <laughs> Okay, bye. <laughs> hey, I really yeah, needed a stable plastic. place to live, but this relationship sucks ass. <laughs> right. <Amen. laughs> so, uh, so mm. what's up? What's going on?
1: Oh, sipping my blackberry ginger ale. Ooh. I'm good. Fancy pants.
0: Yeah,
1: it's hot out, but that's all right. I love summer.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. I love mm. summer. It's
1: good stuff.
0: What do you got going on? Um, it's my uh, today's my one year sober that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: oh man before you tell me how you did it I have to tell you how proud I am of you oh, and that you're a beautiful example of sobriety and Aww. um man I, I could say something cliche like you make it look easy you don't you just like you make it
0: I make it look, look really hard. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you make it, you, you uh, I don't want to say you make it look honest. I don't think that makes sense. But, you know, between uh, y- me getting to come to some of your meetings and then all our talks in the car, and then when you've also called me in a rough moment, I'm yeah. just grateful that I get to be close for your journey as you are mine. And I've been, me being sober, I've been present for your, this last year, we were on a very different path the last time you were sober
0: yeah so that's true really,
1: it's really great and you're great
0: congratulations Aww, thank you I know I I think about that and I'm like I remember having the last time I had a year you know and feeling like feeling like really overwhelmed by life and now I have a year and it's even though the world is literally on fire I'm just like I'm ready <laughs> for whatever's next and I feel like this year was probably one of my best I just felt so I mean it, it was there were definitely ups and downs but it was like I rode the waves and it, it happened and I didn't drink and that's the point so yeah, yay you
1: you're doing it as my sponsor says you're doing it yeah <laughs> yeah yay. she makes it easy for me to like keep it in the day and no matter what I think or feel or what's happening around me all that matters is that I don't drink and I physically get through. And she's like, hey, you're doing it. I'm like, if this is doing it, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah. If this is doing
0: it. Yeah, it is it is like um, when, you know, I get like imposter, excuse me, like imposter syndrome with some stuff. You know, comedy, not actually, because I'm like about fucking time I find a way to do things on this stage. Right. But, <laughs> but like with teaching, it's like, I really can't believe that I'm just, like, in charge of little people sometimes. It's like, I don't – who let me do this? Like, what is – like, I'm – like, I would go to work and then go home and be, like, a complete emotional wreck and, like, go back to work and be, like, so stoic and stable and then, you know, ad infinitum, basically. Same,
1: except I deal with, like, other grown-ups and people who have – either for their own reasons or um, reasons out of their control are – homeless or in a domestic violence situation or anything in between and like yeah there are days that they're just like thank you for your help and I'm like I don't even know what I did or like <laughs> I don't I just right. I'm just here and then there are times you know when they're like how'd you do it and I'm like I don't I don't know I just didn't want right. to keep." how'd right I do right what <laughs> yeah there was yeah. I've, I've said the joke as one was like I thought when I got sober. My life would be better. I said, "Oh, honey, me too." But- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know who told you that.
0: But- <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, and it and it's just because you feel like I feel everything now, and yeah. it's hard. You know, I've definitely cried more this year than previously, but I also had less like fits of rage.
1: So you
0: know, I think they're related, you know, like I, I've yes. I think it was the Sopranos. I could have be I could be making this up, but that it was uh <laughs> nope, it was who gives a shit. It was uh depression is anger turned inward and I feel like that is very relatable for me where um I think it's the Sopranos that I got that from. Wow. But, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's like I would be so angry at the world and do nothing about it and then just hate not hate, but suck I guess
1: I think that so- it sounds like great progress because they say you know crying, especially in the whatever circumstances like that's healing and cleansing and stuff, and then and rage is just like you know fear out loud or and stuff and and right the depression inward i especially since sober i have i haven't really cried to um to my advantage or anything. I don't (laughs) cry manipulating tears anymore. I don't need to make you feel bad for making me feel bad, or I don't need anyone else to cry because I'm crying. Like I'm not working anybody over anymore. I'm not working an angle or trying to get out of anything. Like, you know, now I just cry because other people around me cry and I feel it or I'm moved. I'm just overwhelmed with like, I think the past year I've cried as many times I'm hoping as many times out of joy that I have over something that's upset me. Cause oh, I like, yeah, last spring and summer falling in love with Matt and going to the festivals and being completely sober and dancing to live music. And feeling that whole experience that I've never felt before, except when we were young, we went to the Backstreet Boys.
0: Oh my God! We were young, remember? Remember, you (laughs) had binoculars, and you were like, "We're gonna go boy scouting," and I was like, "I I really don't want to do that." (laughs) You go ahead. I was like, "I'll be the lookout."
1: (laughs) Right. And then I took those binoculars, and I could see Howie. He went to the side of the stage. And sat and was, like, having his solo moment or, like, singing the end of one of the songs. And I was like, I can sing! <laughs> say
0: Oh, my God. The fact that Howie was your favorite Backstreet Boy, it's just, like, <laughs> makes me yeah. laugh still to this day because it's, like, he's, like, the most, like... I don't know. He's like the most grown man of all of them. <laughs> and Like he yeah. was like when you were 13 or whatever, you were like, that's the one. That's the guy I like. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is him. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I guess it was the ponytail, but his face, like something about him. Yeah, I, I did. I liked his swag. I liked what he had. Cause you know what? I, maybe part of it was like, maybe he knew that he wasn't the lead guy but was grateful to be in the band and did also have his own fans. I think like it, it didn't seem like not being the front guy bothered him. So how he, he always just like stayed, you know, in it. And I don't know that's like me too. Like sometimes my ego and stuff, I want to be the spotlight, but I also always root for the underdog. Yeah. And I'm the odd one. And like, he was shorter than them. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, objectively,
0: like, he's very attractive. Like as a grown up, if I were to like, like looking at him, like he looks great, so. right? And oh, I didn't know that, but it's like when yeah. when I see him now, I'm like, oh yeah, he's super attractive. But he looks so old. <laughs> he's like, uh-huh. you know, he looks like a full grown man, whereas Brian or whatever the fuck his name was was is that his name? Um, Nick is the youngest. Nick's the baby boy. No, but the who's the lead? One. Not. Brian. Brian. Okay, I did yeah. get that. Wow. That really just kinda came out of my memory. It was like in the <laughs> in a filing cabinet and like I opened the drawer and the word Brian <laughs> flew out like a dusty pigeon. <laughs> a dusty pigeon. <laughs> I was like, did you mean yeah. Brian? <laughs> well, Ke-
1: Kevin's the oldest, but he still looks really good, like for his age, and he's only a few years no, they were teenagers and he was twenty one. And I know that he's the same age as Auntie Tina because we established that 20 years ago. Wow. And I never forgot. Yeah.
0: Oh, my <laughs> so, God. Wait, know. Auntie Tina was 21 when we were kids like that? Or something. Yeah. My mom nah. was 22.
1: Her and my dad were at 25, already had the three of us.
0: That's so, crazy to me. Like,
1: your mom's the oldest. So, like, there's yeah. only a couple of years. But I remember all their 30th birthdays, I think. No, this is, this makes
0: sense, yeah, because my mom, I'm pretty sure my mom had me, like, the day, like, she found out she was pregnant, like, right when she turned 24.
1: You know what, I don't know if we were into the Backstreet Boys then, but I listened to, you know, I've watched their documentaries, of course, and it was something like, you know, Brian and, and Nick were 15 or 16, and then Kevin, I think as they started, had to have been like 19 or 20. Something like okay. that. I just remember he's those couple years older, but you know, from being a teen, you know, those three, four years is, is different. It's oh, different yeah. from like 12 and and, and 16 or something. I don't know. You know, well, yeah. when you're, so well, it's different between older, like
0: 22 and 26. Like it, you, once you're, yeah. once you're past 21, you're like every age is this. Even at 21, like as soon as you turn yeah. 20, it's like you're just doing, you're just doing the same thing, but you're older now.
1: Right. College and more grown up stuff.
0: Kevin well, was- Kevin always reminded me of like somebody, like a, like a neighbor who had backyard barbecues and you go over and he's wearing his wife beater but he's got his like plaid short sleeve shirt kind of folded in his back pocket and he's like, hey, do you kids want a fucking hot dog or whatever? You know? He's like, honey, get me another Corona or whatever. What? That's what Kevin reminded me of.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> but AJ is the... AJ's our own like Chris Cornell of pop. He was this like, I love <laughs> that he expressed himself and there was so much dark, like yeah. dark nails and the dark eyes and his dark clothes. But it's like, honey, you're in a boy band. Like, right. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you to not express yourself. It's just like, are you going to release a solo album? Right, he was like, no, music? no,
0: no. Just show me the meaning of being <laughs> yes, lonely. Yes, yes, I was
1: just, and I was just going to get it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah,
0: (laughs) he was so hot topic like he was Um, hot topic before the topic was hot
1: right he was you know one of the original bad boys (laughs) but and it wasn't because of his image like he didn't actually okay i think a couple times he was drunk like he so later when they were getting first like back together talking about stuff and they talked about he's opened up since he's been sober about some of that and i think a lot of what he's done probably like got expunged from the papers and things like they made so much money. So, you know, some of their managers were like, we don't need, but they definitely had it in there. If he got caught. Oh, I remember like right either
0: right before or after we went and saw them, he punched a wall and broke his hand. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I, it was, it was on that black and blue tour that it was like a tabloid thing.
1: Oh yeah. And I wonder if he had a, um, a wrist thing on his hand i'm trying to remember if we yeah it was after and we
0: watched, we just read about it or if only we could go back and look into those binoculars one last time
1: (laughs) if only (laughs) if only I relive it every time I hear I want it that way. Oh, my God.
0: That's so funny. Alex Mm -hmm. has uh, some Backstreet Boys on her workout playlist, so sometimes I'll come downstairs in the morning, and she's doing fucking bicycle crunches or whatever to Backstreet's back all right. And I'm like, is this my life? Like, what did I just stumble into? (laughs) There's just a goth girl doing crunches to the Backstreet Boys.
1: (laughs) So good. Fucking great. Whatever pumps you up.
0: Right. (laughs) It's it's that and Lizzo. That's pretty much it.
1: Oh yeah, that's the that's the anthem.
0: Oh, the hell every yeah. female anthem. Oh yeah. I mean Everybody. it's it makes me feel like I'm like independent working. I'm like, ooh, I want a booty. Listen I don't even want a booty, but when I listen to Lizzo, I want a booty.
1: Yes. I wanna be a pretty thick girl with long hair. Like <laughs> Longer and thicker than I am. I'm like I kind of I'm not exactly skinny, and I've got long. Your hair is so want, long, dude. <laughs> thank you. I know, right? I just said it out loud. I'm like, what am I saying? I am, but yeah, I. Wait, want,
0: wait a minute. Are yeah. you telling me you're Lizzo?
1: Is that- <laughs> <laughs> I wish. That's what I'm saying. Is that I wish I was oh, even because I love. I love what she's doing for for everybody, everything. Yeah. Like I could say for black women, for thick women, for whoever, whatever. But I just love what she's doing because she's just out here doing it. It doesn't have to be. Right. The only
0: thing, and Alex and I've actually talked about this, is that she is pretty pro drinking as a way to empower yourself and so for me I just have to look past that messaging because I know that when I drink I do the opposite of empower myself like I fuck up my life so bad and I really don't have any agency so you know I hear that and I go yeah okay have your vodka tequila whatever you're doing Lizzo I hope that it helps you when I have vodka tequila I go to jail
1: that's right. Yeah. Oh, I don't have Patron with friends. I have Patron in the car in the morning. It's hot. Because, it's always yeah.
0: hot. I've never had cold Patron. <laughs> oh, God. Have you ever had cold Patron? I don't think I have.
1: <laughs> I. You know what? Most of the tequila I've consumed has been at room temperature. Because, at least,
0: right? Yeah.
1: yeah. So for all those years, like, you know, everybody's got the cliche tequila story. Right. Even women into their forties, they're like, Remember that time in Rio? Tequila. Right. Never again.
0: Oh, don't I even ne- say tequila. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I never had that. Like oh, okay. of all the the chill nights that I just would drink a little with friends and then all the the big nights and then all just the alcoholism, like I never really had a Sat with a few people and did shots of tequila kind of night. I had some margaritas here and there, but then I would share them with people or like, you know, they weren't as strong or all that sugar. So it just wouldn't be the same. But, yeah. you know, to, to share like um, my progression right to, right before I quit drinking, things got to a point where especially because I was trying to budget. So the level of unmanageability I had, here's a snippet of my story that I share. (laughs) The the $5 special, the Maureen Maureen budget $5 special was two vodka nips Smirnoffs because they're a dollar each and then two Jose Cuervo silvers, not gold. Oh, God. Oh my cheaper, god! I'm gonna
0: throw up. Just and they were a
1: dollar fifty each, so <laughs> oh that's two. God. That's four nibs for five bucks. You can't beat it. That's
0: actually so- a really. I mean, I'm really appreciating your thriftiness.
1: Yeah, yeah right. And I, you got to switch it up. I'd have a little of both because oh, I can't just drink this, or it's not enough. I don't know what I ever told myself because I never knew. I never knew what vodka did to me or rum, except when like, you know, I'd smell awful.
0: Yeah, I always threw up from rum and I really think that there's I'm allergic to something in rum because anytime I touched any rum sounding thing. Yeah, it's like it's so funny because right now I'm wearing a shirt that makes me look like a retired pirate. So I Good. very much look like a rum drinker right now.
1: Okay, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs>
0: yeah, but um, I anytime I drink rum, I threw it up, and and I stopped doing liquor the last five years of my drinking because I didn't. I was on so much Adderall, and I wasn't eating. So if I wanted to be the functioning alcoholic that, of my dreams, I had to only drink beer, and I would do IPAs, and I would drink about. I don't know, nine, 10 beers, like probably, you know, high ABV beers over the course of a night. But it's like, if you're doing that every night or you can't even get out of work and not have a beer, like you might, and also you're on a butt ton of speed all the time. You know, you might want to uh, go to a rehab, uh, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Your, your, life, yep. your life could be, I smile today and it doesn't hurt, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Cause.
1: That's just it. There's this moment where literally I, I my brain was like, are you going to go have a nip now? We should drink after this. Right. But it's, I I keep talking about it. And then I, man, really playing that tape. It's especially when you said the way you just said, everything's going to be the same tomorrow besides the isolation or the quarantine and everything else. Like it's, uh, if everything's, it's going to be the same. I'm, yeah. I know I'm an alcoholic because I'll go and want a couple nips now and then either enjoy it or whatever I think. And then besides that I'm in recovery and I date someone who's sober, I have to lie about all that. So now I'm lying and keeping secrets. So you
0: might as well just keep lying and keep, I mean, I don't know anyone who's like, I just want to tell one secret and then I'll cut it off there.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I, if I, if I wanted to start drinking again, there's a lot that it entails. Even if I, just like I don't know I can't like because of this much time and all this progress I'm throwing away my job literally all those things and like just sitting here thinking about it, it yeah it would it just wouldn't work and then I'd want to do it again tomorrow then that's the problem yeah that's how I know I have a problem and then
0: like yeah you plus know, like you, know. you sucked when you were drinking it was shitty Yeah, (laughs) I was like, where's my cousin? I demand a refund.
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, it just stopped being, I, yeah, I, I'm stuttering, sorry. Mm -hmm. My brain, if I wasn't, something about all that alcohol use and how often I was getting high and so the level of my anxiety with all these other things that were happening that contributed to the way I was living, which then affected the way I was thinking and that was the problem. Right. is that I was always some level of anxious. So even when you were like, I have the tickets, I'll drive. Do you want to come with me to this concert? A bunch of times I was like, oh, I can. I have money for this and I can do that. Let me help. And, and you were just like, I just want you to come with me. And right. I'm, I got to make sure that I can, you know, because I tell myself or I tell you I want to contribute. But the only thing I think about contributing is like, should I bring drugs and nips? Like,
0: what? Also, I mean, I don't want to say good looks on that, but at the time, I was so excited when I found out. Right. I was like, "You, you brought what? I was like, wow, <laughs> I thought we were just, this is going to be great. And then it was really weird and not so great. Yeah, it was not great. (laughs) It was, like, fun for, like, an hour. That's always, Yeah. yeah, it's, like, it's fun for, like, an hour. It's fun for if it's only one night and you're really only, like, partying it up or whatever, like, one night and then not just, like, obsessively thinking about it for a month after. Like, that's how I was in high school. I would, like, drink or whatever, like, maybe one night, maybe two nights a week or, you know, whatever. But then I would just be constantly, like, thinking about, okay, I'm going to get to go to this party and I'd be so excited when I had a party to go to. And then I'd go to the party, get completely fucking shit wrecked and spend the whole night puking. <laughs> like I right. ne- I never actually got to do the thing I was so excited about. I mean like I'd maybe win like a game of beer pong and then it was just like, it's over. It's over.
1: Yeah. I think back to, yes. Cause the first few times I drank, that's it was the first, um, the second or fourth time was like at cast parties. And I immediately, like, just drank all this boo so much so fast because I wanted to have some before anybody would let me, before it ran out. All those things that, like, no one taught me any of that. And I came up with those thoughts on my own. Like, I, at 15, was a sophomore, you know, and it's the um, Shakespeare cast party. And I'm just, like, I'm drunk. Like, I just drank like uh liquor or vodka with uh, a clear rum or something and then slept for a lot of the party um they a bunch of them went to the store i wanted ice cream i ate a pint of ben and jerry's which i had never done before in my life oh and then shit. obviously threw it all up oh like,
0: hey if you're gonna eat it yeah. you might as well boot it you know right yeah you gotta go I hard, man. Yeah.
1: it was fine <laughs> but what especially with what you were saying made me think of yeah with parties so that's what was different and that's how i know another reason or how i know like that i don't have i i just have whatever that mental thing or the genetic build-up whatever goes on up in my brain however it works it doesn't have that balance or that normalcy we'll say that other people do because um with high school yeah i was always excited and ready is there anything going to happen am i going to get to go anywhere but when i had the freedom of money and a car and like the free schedule like a day off when when i have nothing standing in my way there's nothing holding me back and yeah. it doesn't matter what day it is or what time yeah it's so
0: true if we even if we were like hey we want to just kind of skip a class or two it wasn't just to skip the class it was like it was to do drugs or whatever or like Whatever mm-hmm. I remember drinking so much lukewarm E and J in front of the skating skating rink, like <laughs> I, I, I can doesn't that bring you back a little with uh, yeah. what's his face there, Joker? Remember that kid? Yeah. Oh my yeah. god.
1: Yeah. I do. And it was just like, hey, yeah. here's a
0: couple of shrooms, you know, that'll be fun to get you through. I was gonna say math class, but if I was skipping a class it was math class, so that right. I was yep. not doing math. Are you sick? I can draw a tessellation, I'm good.
1: I drink Sprite and vodka in the morning and then her and I were like hung over and sick by lunchtime just
0: like a mess oh my god to... yeah yeah that's crazy easy. um all right so that was a fun check-in <laughs> great check-in everyone be sober it's as much as it's like even when I look back still it sucks like even when I think about like Oh, but it was so it's like it's the freedom of a drink like that is some bullshit. It's almost like how I've internalized certain capitalistic ideals just just yes. because I live in this society. Like, right. so so there's definitely things about my drinking. I think back and I still have like toxic. But in all reality, this was like the best year of my life. Like I really 10 out of 10 would recommend. And if yes. I'm going to do something, it's not going to be drink, you know, like I'd rather I don't know, do like fucking go for a run or some shit.
1: Get more tattoos.
0: Oh, tattoo! Yeah, there's so many ways I can just eat a bunch of lifesaver gummies and never floss, get a bunch of cavities. That could be my new thing. That I okay, do. it could or not. I'm just giving some examples. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, I'm like, if I'm gonna be self-destructive, you know, there are more delicious ways to do it. Got you.
1: There are more delicious ways to be self-destructive. Guys. Yes,
0: that's a good little liner.
1: If this, if each episode had a title, <laughs> that's what this one would be called. There are more delicious ways to be self destructive
0: <laughs> <laughs> Like,
1: have you ever just faced a
0: bag of Lifesaver gummies? How come I always face a whole bag whenever I open one?
1: <laughs> I always eat a whole bag of Skittles, and then my mouth is numb. My teeth, uh, yeah. they are so, they hurt so much, I think they're loose. Oh my and my God. tongue's a little,
0: like, gray. Yeah, yep. it's
1: great. How yeah. Come- how,
0: how, come, how come you okay. have to... <laughs> that was... Uh... Okay, that last half an hour was How Come Corner, and uh, it sounds like we're appropriating Native American culture, but that's just really what it's called, How Come Corner.
1: How come, yeah.
0: Sort of a little powwow. See, that is appropriating if I call it a powwow. True. It's like I never go to the store to get teepee because I don't
1: that's
0: right. live on that reservation. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, cut, cut, snip, snip. Okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna cut these. I don't give a shit. Uh, I gotta talk to you about a band from Arizona. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm gonna go first this week because okay. I think last week you did. Let's talk about numbers. This is a really boring part, but there's people I'm sure that like number. People have to like numbers, right? Like that's a thing. Somebody does. Okay, it doesn't have to I be like me. It. All right. So Arizona, uh, one point five two billion dollars to to the annual GDP, if you would, which is pretty high. Way higher than Alaska, and a little bit, I think that's less than it, than Alabama. Hold on, I got notes. Where's my Alabama? Yeah, way more than Alaska. And, uh, oh yeah, way more than, than Alabama. So, here we are, Arizona's the biggest musical state we've done so far, Congratulations. Hooray! They got uh, almost 30,000 jobs in the music industry and a little over 2,300 music businesses, which is unfathomable, uh, 1,700 uh, royalty people, which I didn't, that's a lot, and then 16,200 songwriters, which makes me just want to throw my guitars in the trash. Just
1: throw them out, why yeah.
0: Sixteen thousand two hundred and six songwriters, and not one of them sounds like this. You know,
1: (laughs) there are there more songwriters in Alabama, but Arizona makes more music.
0: Let's see. According to Alabama, eighteen thousand. Oh yeah, so yeah, so Alabama beats them by a little, by a hair, but Arizona does have a higher dollar amount. Coming in and Let's out see. musically,,
1: Okay.
0: imagining cool. the dollars just like boop, doop, boop, here I go, I'm leaving, do doo doo, do, coming back,
1: ring, 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 ring. yeah, like bottle
0: uh, casino sounds or something, yeah, Monicathe, <laughs> all right, so, oh, and then I wrote twenty percent off all bicycle decks with the keyword bike so that's the wrong page, <laughs> <laughs> not a joke really here in pen <laughs> oh boy okay so i chose a band that i was so surprised to find out was from arizona they're very influential in my childhood uh mm-hmm. you might have heard of this a little tiny band called jimmy Eat world
1: it just takes time to yeah, yeah. yeah. That's
0: exactly how it sounds. Yeah, I think you guys have heard. If you hadn't heard the song before, now you have. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, a, an incredibly accurate rendition. That was the hit clip for you guys. <laughs> Remember hit clips? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> ah, rest in peace. All right. So Jimmy Eat World was formed in Mesa, Arizona, in 1993. So let's take a little trip back down to 1993. Remember 1993? Oh, Rugrats. I was four. You were four, I was three. Bill Clinton, uh, what playing else? Saxophone. Sa- yeah, he was just playing the saxophone. He actually got elected That's- that year. Um, Sabrina was born, my little sister. Um, Nirvana, what else is 93? 93? Mm, I think we're going, I guess, the Power Rangers. Power Rangers? Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> That's where our brains yeah. go. 90s, Nickelodeon, no.
1: Power Rangers, Disney
0: movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, good times, 93. That's right. I was like, oh, I can use a toilet. Um, all right. <laughs> so we have this dude, Jim Atkins and Zach Lind, and they were actually besties since preschool. And Jim, mm-hmm. he was a guitarist, and then later he he's the front man, so he's still... Kind of their lead lead singer guy, if you will. And uh, Zach, Zach's the drummer. So we got two little besties, so cute. One of them's on guitars, one of them's on drums. I'm just, that's adorable. I'm picturing them playing outside by some cacti. Whatever <laughs> yeah. they do in Arizona. Just, I picture them outside playing for the racists. Tumbleweed <laughs> yeah. going by or
1: something. It's dry
0: out there. Yeah, I picture them playing and somebody yells over them, "This is America. Speak English." <laughs> That's what I, my impression of Arizona. Yeah. Um, okay. So this dude, Tom Linton, he comes in and he's like, he was their original lead singer and guitar player. But then Jim was like, no, no, I'm, I'm going to sing. Um, Cause they dropped one album with Tom as the lead singer. And, and that was the only album. And then they found nominal success. So they did have, they have a little, uh, live a little band. They got this, the, he's the OG bassist. His name was Mitch Porter And he has since disappeared. Like, there are rumors he just dropped off the face of the earth and became a Mormon. So he played one album with them, and now he's just a Mormon. That's
1: the rumor, is that he became a
0: Mormon? Yeah, I actually searched um. forums because I was like, what happened to Mitch Porter? And other people have asked that same nerdy question. So... So then, you know, the first thing I think people, when they think of Jimmy Eat World, they're like, what the fuck kind of a name for a band is that? <laughs> so it's the band's name came from a, a crayon drawing from, because basically Tom Linton and and his little brothers, he had two little brothers, Jim and Ed, and they fought all the time, and, the, and Jim usually won. So then one time, Ed's like, I'm going to get revenge on you by drawing a picture of Jim shoving the earth into its mouth. And then he put the caption, Jimmy Eat World. I'm assuming Jim was kind of kind of on the fatter side or something, because that's such <laughs> yeah. a four-year-old thing to say to a fat person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you eat the world, like I wish, like what?
1: <laughs> right, your mama's so fat she uses the equator as a belt. <laughs> like okay,
0: yeah. Oh my god, equator by Gucci. Uh, <laughs> so and so that's kind of how they got the name. But then I also read a version of the story um, where they went to play. It was on the one I think it was Jim, the lead singer's Twitter. He was. They were about to play their first gig at a house party, and they didn't have a band, so they were like, "Yeah, we gotta pick a name real quick." And then they just kind of that stuck. And recently, he was like, "Actually, we really wish we thought about this for more. Like, don't just do what we did because the acronym, you know." Oh yeah. Do you know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Can hashtag the acronym. That's exactly
0: what he was saying. He's like, "It sucks for marketing."
1: Yeah. <laughs> damn.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, makes sense that they'd regret that.
1: Now I want to know what other bands have shitty acronyms. I know. That's that's, for another day. <laughs> I
0: I was like, I wonder if they'd even be as popular if their name wasn't so damn puzzling. You know? Uh, yeah. Why is Jimmy eating the world? Why aren't we using proper English? I was just
1: gonna say, yeah. Didn't that like, yeah. Right off the top, people are like, this doesn't make sense, so I don't
0: want to listen to it. Right, right. And you're
1: like, okay, this song is going to like get you through every hard time, and you're going to listen to it in the car every time you hear it, but okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, you don't deserve good music, sir. <laughs> you I did your You did your ignorant man voice. Well, I don't know if this makes sense. I don't want to listen to it.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah. I said good day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, all right. So, at first, they're like pretty punk rock and so they did some demos, and then their first full album. And I actually listened to some of it, and like, I guess, like, I'm glad they switched to Jim as their lead singer. Like, the other dude could could sing kind of, but it's just like, like, they wouldn't have the sound they have. And it was like, it was like punk, punk. Like, they sounded kind of like Jawbreaker or like even like MXPX, kind yeah. of a sound. Yeah, and it Ooh. reminded me of like MC My Chemical Romance's first album, like where it was just like really kind of hard. But then they were, like they started other pop punk bands came out on the Arizona scene. Like, uh, I don't know these bands, but I wrote them down. Mr. T in the experience and Horace Pinker. I've not heard of them, but me neither, but they were apparently influential. Cause they were like, we got to kind of, we're going to tone it back a little with the punkiness. So their next album, they dropped like a slower album. And at this point they're like trying to take music real seriously. So mm-hmm. they they start to switch their sound up to match, like, what the scene was wanting. Because, like, Sunny Day Real Estate was really popular in their scene. And they were like, okay, like, we like the sound. We want to do something like that. So they kind of moved more into, like, the indie scene out of the punk scene. And they dropped the album called Static Prevails. And it, I list, I actually hadn't listened to it. It's, like, pretty great. They busted their asses. And they just, like, they were, like, recording and touring simultaneously, Wow. like they were yeah they were putting That's it work. a lot of work yeah so they pretty much gain a following just like on their own just by busting their ass so awesome. capital records finally reaches out to them in 95 and right before they signed that dude mitch was like yeah i'm out and then they got tomlin's friend rick birch who is now still their basis like sucks to be mitch though like
1: <laughs> i mean yeah like but, well, it could, but maybe not. You know, maybe they were like, this is what we want. We want to be bigger. We want to do more. And Mitch was like, I don't want that. So bye. So if Mitch, if you're out there and, and you're happy, good for you. Right. You know? But also, I hope, I you know, yeah, you're right too, man. You know, you missed out. But maybe he doesn't feel that way. You yeah, know he, he was like, of. I'm a
0: Mormon. I didn't miss out on anything.
1: God doesn't want me yeah. to play the bass.
0: I don't know. He was like, what's even coffee? I don't even know.
1: <laughs> Trophies. No thanks. Because <laughs> <laughs> they yeah.
0: the album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Their album cover. All right. So yeah. <laughs> so they get on to Capitol Records. And somehow, this is super cool. Capitol Records, in their deal, like, it, they allowed... Jimmy Eat World to drop singles with independent labels so they they can basically keep their hustle going they dropped a bunch of tracks with other labels and artists and I think this probably helped them build their following because it kept them looking kind of like in indie like avant-garde like like they're so artsy but like in reality they actually had like a kind of a big deal almost like sellout style record deal so I think that was a pretty smart move to let them still operate at an independent level
1: that is and that's probably not as common and you know at the same time that indie is getting bigger on its own then emo comes around you know not to like rush ahead or we can also do a segment or something like the the rise of emo music yeah you know and i feel like they're one of those on the cusp or beginning bands like because emo that's genre comes from you know however you want to
0: you know. No, that's people, exactly what I yeah. it made me think of that exactly, yeah. where like the coolest emo bands were the ones that like were not commercialized, were not like big deal bands. They because you know, there's a difference between Hawthorne Heights and Burns Out Bright. You know what I mean?
1: I just yeah. made that rhyme by
0: accident. That was lit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or like Black Veil Brides and um the starting line or Taking Back Sunday. You and I are oh, Kyoto version. Yeah. Yeah. The beginning of Emo. Emo's roots, like you know, the the sound that it started with or what we think it is, is definitely not what it is now. And yeah, it, yeah. in like less than 20 years, the genre, yeah, that's definitely something we should just have a segment and a half about
0: emo music. Yeah, and I also think they were like, we're definitely not, because it was like rancid and all these like underground bands, they were like, yeah, we're not like punk like that. Like we're not going to do, we're not going to continuously try to one up on ourselves on stage and like, You know, and that's been my impression of them is they're kind of like a like a more clean cut band. So I think they're moving to like the softer rock genre, you know, but it's still like even in the middle, you kind of hear that like punk root.
1: It's the angst for me in a way. You take the you take sincere or heartbreaking or any umbrella word for sad, but add it to punk music And you get that, you know, it's, yeah, it's the angst. I'm so mad. I'm so emotional over you.
0: (laughs) I just picture somebody flipping through the thesaurus like, oh man, I'm so, hold on a second.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Discontent, Discontent. disgruntled, (laughs) sad,
0: upset. I am disgruntled rock.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What does disgruntled rock sound like? One, two,
0: three, four. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care that you don't care. I don't (laughs) care. Why are we so disgruntled? (laughs) 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 The breakdown is just like yes. This
1: is lazy, almost off tempo. Yeah, (laughs) they're just mad.
0: Oh man. Oh, Alright. Sorry. So <laughs> okay, no, no, this that was great. That was great. I uh so smart move. Anyway. So that's when they, they kinda they drop static prevails, 96, 98, somewhere in there, ninety six to ninety eight. And then they join up with this guy, he's from a band I've never heard of called Drive Like Jehu. And they're apparently really popular. I'd never heard of them in my life, but this is a little bit before my before my time. Um so Mark Trumbino The drummer of that band, he's doing like their mixing and their mastering and stuff. And he stays with them and kind of does like a lot of their behind the scenes work with musically with like the audio stuff, which I'm like, bro, I wish I had your job. That sounds so fun. So their third album, Clarity, drops in 99. And basically they mostly self-mixed and mastered it. Like they were like, we don't want to go into like a studio. Like we want to like, excuse me. There we go. I was like, just come out already. Jesus. I've been fighting a burp for four minutes. All right. Um, (laughs) Sorry, everyone. That's disgusting. (laughs) And I kind of heard of them as like a studio band. But I don't know because what I'm noticing too, because like they don't tour as much as they record, but I did see like they do tour. And in the beginning, they did a lot of touring. So I think they kind of fatigued themselves out by just torn, fucking everywhere while they were doing their first couple albums. And then as it kind of got, they were like, we just want to be in the studio fucking being on the road sucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: They're probably tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do we have,
1: we don't have to do this much. We don't have to work this hard right now. Do we
0: let's right. Like let's we're paying up. the yeah. bills. We're Yeah. Right. So they have this single on the clarity album called lucky Denver mint. And I, couldn't tell you i'd never heard of this song i still didn't even listen to it but a radio remix of the song comes out and it's featured in the film never been kissed oh right so that song alone starts them like a like almost like a second wave of a cult following um where now they're they're beyond local and the band the the album clarity actually like it has its own cult following and its own like like it has When it first came out, no one gave a shit about it, and now it kind of has more of a like a reputation. Cool. Yeah, I I didn't didn't even know
1: they made this many albums. Like I did never, I never dove into them and did any. I I just think of that one album, and then obviously their one big hit, which you will get to. But it's neat to know that they've got quite a discography that I could check out.
0: Yeah, and okay, so yeah, because I want to get to that album because. Yeah, because that album, the Bleed American album is like the only like the only way I started getting into them, but I actually bought like their next 3 albums that came out and I liked them all but for such different reasons. So that's why this band has always kind of fascinated me. They're just they're always trying new shit but in like a cool way. That's what's up. Yeah, it reminds me of how Matchbook Romance actually reinvented themselves, where they come, came out with Monsters, and the album was just like, what, this fucking album is so good, and it was nothing like their other two, so, anyway. Okay, so this is a weird overlap of things. The album has, like, a closing song called Goodbye Sky Harbor, which is based on, this is layers, but wait for it, it's based on the John Irving no- novel A Prayer for Owen Meany, which... Hi. Is a book that's my, that my all time childhood mo- one of my all time favorite childhood movies. Simon Birch is based on that book. Oh, so basically the the song is like based on the movie, if you would. And I just think it's really weird that that story struck them enough to write a song. And it was like one of my favorite movies. It was. It's so sad, but it's it's one. It's yeah, Simon because Birch my friend died and all this and. Yeah, no, it's not a Disney movie. I don't think.
1: No, I mean the Simon Birch is the movie.
0: Yeah. And what's the book? A Prayer, a Prayer for Owen Meany. I've actually never read the book, but the movie when I was a kid, like it just helped me understand grief a little more, and yeah.
1: Goodbye, safe. Har- Goodbye, Sky Harbor. Yeah, is, is- the song. Okay, so their song is about the book. Yeah, And the book <laughs> has to do with the movie. Yeah, I the just, movie's okay. based on the
0: book, too, yeah.
1: Oh, okay. And then, oh, that's neat. And then you love the book. Well, that is cool. That's neat.
0: Right? I thought, mm-hmm. I was like, I never would have fucking known that. That's pretty, that's pretty cool.
1: I love those little moments, though. Those things, like, that, it's those kinds of coincidences. I really get a kick out of. Like, oh, I happen to be into these other things, and then something I'm into is also, like, just that kind of connections or those obscure things that you're like wow
0: yeah that's like when i found out karen kilgariff was one of the main writers when the ellen show first started and i was like what and i met her and like like she's a from my favorite murder and i was i didn't know that until after i met her that's
1: so awesome yeah um christina p wrote um She's one of the panelists and writer for Chelsea lately. Oh, nice, she does all this stuff now, and my girl, Christina P, is Boba's book uh one of the characters, a very small moment in the second or third episode of the Midnight Gospel. Not to get too up.
0: Oh my God, I loved that show. I just started
1: it and i i got I'm on episode four, and Matt and I are loving it, and of so even good. circle yeah. And Matt getting into, Matt's always loved The Grateful Dead, and I've always loved The Muppets. And then we've learned more about, um, Jim Henson, I believe, was a fan of theirs. And it's just like, there's a lot of um, overlapping between the song, The Rainbow Connection, and what rainbows, the rainbow gatherings, and all that means for The Grateful Dead. Wow. And, yeah, and, and stuff, so.
0: I didn't, we, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah didn't I didn't know, know. Jim and Henson and the Grateful Dead were fucking connected, bro. Like, yeah. what? Yeah. I,
1: yeah, I don't always see it. And Matt was like, yeah, oh, it's a bunch of things. And I'm going to find forums and, and ways to research like those things just to find out. And then, yeah, it's neat because Matt's favorite thing is the Grateful Dead. And mine wow. is
0: the Muppets. And, That's and crazy. The,
1: in the band The Electric Mayhem, the female musician, her name is Janice. So... Oh my god, yeah. wow. Yeah, because they started in this in the end of the 60s into the 70s, so it makes sense, but
0: yeah. Alright, well Anything. we'll probably just do, when we're done with the 50, we might just have to do some, a special episode for the Muppets where we just fucking... Yeah,
1: okay, that'd be great. Alright,
0: So, so that's a thing. Okay, so here we are, we're at 2001, that's where we're at. I'm gonna try and... Get through this fast because I have to pee and you still have to go. So we and
1: I and I won't sidetrack you anymore, Brenda.
0: No, I, I, It's that's the point. If we're not getting <laughs> yeah. sidetracked, what are we? We might as well just hang up. <laughs> no one wants to listen to people be focused. Come on, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> it's just com- comedy is just about talking out of your ass for no reason. Woo. That's all it really is. Okay, so 2001. I'm wearing a scrunchie. I finally put my butterfly barrettes away. Um, you know what I'm saying?
1: I <laughs> kissed a boy. That's Did you a really? It's seventh, sixth or seventh grade, and yep. things are happening. And by things, I mean hormones.
0: Yep, yep. yep. I'm, I'm growing boobs. It was weird. I was also on a football <laughs> team. Don't do those two things at the same time. Highly do not recommend.
1: <laughs> Highly
0: do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so they're like... Jimmy Eat World, the band we are discussing, is like, We hey, we wanna do an album but we don't want to do it with a record label. So Super Boss Move, they just have so much work ethic. They started like supporting themselves uh with touring and they were just compiling a bunch of other singles and and just I don't know, they were like, Alright, we're gonna do this thing. We're they took day jobs, they were saving everything they could to spend on like recording sessions and Again, that dude Trombino comes through because he's like, no, no, like I'm going to help you guys mix and master this because I believe in you. um, And I'm just like, let's just defer the payment until after the album's release because he was trying to help them keep costs down. So everybody gets you a Mark Trombino for your band. Just somebody who will do a favor for you like that. They record at a bunch of different studios in Hollywood. And then they have this album and they're like, alright, but we need a record label to help distribute it. So... They signed with DreamWorks, who now I think is it. It's not called DreamWorks anymore. Now I can't think of what it is. But the end result was Bleed American, which is the album that we all know. And mm. so they did all that basically independently. And imagine Mark's like, "Yeah, hell yeah, i am going cash in now, bro. That shit is popular. Like, it's right. you know I know that album front to back by heart. So yep, great album. If you haven't listened to it out there, just put it on and listen to it all the way through. So, it's called Bleed American, and they actually, I didn't even know this, they renamed the album just Jimmy Eat World after September 11th, because they were, like, afraid people were gonna be like, oh, it says Bleed, comma, American, like, they're the devil, or whatever, but, yeah, right? I I never, I didn't realize they renamed it, but. I don't know. I always thought of it like you're bleeding American because, like, literally the first song is like salt, sweat, and sugar on the asphalt. And I'm like, those three things on the asphalt the most American thing.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes, I I highly recommend because they're on um, Apple Music or wherever. But definitely start the album and hit play from beginning to end. And then after, like, shuffle around. But.
0: Oh, my God. Hear You yeah. Me. It's such a gorgeous, like, me and my sisters would put it on oh. and sing. It's got the female, like, backgrounds. Oh, my God. It's just beautiful.
1: That's a beautiful song. And that is one of my go-tos because it is simple enough to use in any circumstance as far as loss, but oh, profound yes. enough, Profound enough, yes, for you to feel like you're getting it, your point across and it's the same, like... And what's beautiful is that I've lost a lot of friends, you know, since then. And it's neat now to sing some of those words when I put it on in the car. What would you think of me now? So lucky, so strong, so proud. And I never said thank you for that. And now I'll never have the chance. Like it's a that, you, you know, he, beautiful song. It's beautiful for uh, for every stage of grief for you know any kind of like sadness and loss in a sense even just like a a breakup which can be so monumental but like as it's happening you're hoping that their soul or whatever is left and goes on that angels lead them in and then even later as you reflect like I do I hope you see me and you're proud of me and um and I'll never get the chance like it also it says I I the profoundness for me is that they they don't sugarcoat it they don't try too hard to be beautiful or like angelic it's you can hear that it's just like i think that song is such a beautiful modern interpretation of sadness and like the the anger it's like all the emotions that come with grief at the same time like i can't believe you're gone but i have to accept it and i'm feeling all these things and if i could for just a moment get you to hear anything i would play the song as loud as i could you know
0: I love it. Yeah, like on the on sleepless roads, the sleepless go. I just remember thinking all the time, yeah. like it's just a it puts like an image in your head of like people yes. wearing white like nightgowns walking off of a pier into the sunset or whatever. You know, like it's just like
1: yeah, just ghosts. Yeah, 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 um, haunting. Yeah, yeah. Or we all live and die. It's a part of life, and at some point, you know, someone's sing this song about me or you and now we sing it of others and it's like i don't i i think i definitely think that music that came out in the 90s and 2000s maybe it hasn't been around long enough to get the credit that some songs that came out sooner um or some that what's another good such a sad one like sarah McLachlan? oh yeah um will you remember me you know yeah oh sorry the music started playing i'm like what's happening uh, imagine if
0: it was sarah mclaughlin <of the laughs> <end." laughs>
1: it was just track nine it was cautioners because i pulled up the album oh, like, do man. you want us to sing for you no no jimmy not right now no
0: no we're good <laughs> hold um, on i actually have to pee yeah. so bad but okay. i can i can pause the recording or you can uh whatever you want
1: I can talk for a minute.
0: That's okay, fine. lit. All right. I don't mind. Lit. Yeah. Lit.
1: I'll be right um, back. Yeah, you're good. I I definitely think that. Yeah, hear you me as I'm saying, uh, is one of those. A ti- it's a timeless song, and I either it's either I'm not aware of the credit it gets, and I don't know, of course, firsthand how many wakes or memorials it gets played at. I don't want to say it's underrated. That's what I mean. Because even recently, I've lost I've lost multiple guy friends in the last month and a half, and. Uh, when um, my neighbor, uh, Brendan Reardon, died, people posted and included some of those lyrics. And outside of his house on the chalk, it's got big hearts and it says, may angels lead you in. So yeah, especially if you're listening to or you're going to listen to the album Bleed America, the song is called Hear You Me, but that's with the chorus, may angels lead you in. We'll keep talking about it as Ange comes back, but the song The Middle, I mean, I appreciate and love that song because it as cliche as it sounds got me through this album came out in 2001 and i have it i have the cd still and i remember that's seventh grade for me and seventh grade was probably one of my worst years of school and uh that song the middle i was just finishing up talking about hearing me now i'm talking about the middle um that's the middle got me through uh, hello Hello. Hey,
0: did I come Hi. in on something awkward?
1: No. Okay. I thought I heard the rustling, so I thought you were already coming on, but now you're here, and it's okay because I I just finished talking about hear you me and started talking about the middle. <laughs> rustling,
0: you say? I'm wondering if this was a ghost. Oh, sleepless roads. So that's, that's what I, I was road. thinking. Ah, now it's just yeah. in my brain. Okay.
1: How how many times do you think the middle got you? The middle got me through. When I, I could cry through it, I sang through it, I danced to it, and it made me feel better. But, like, that song in the middle stopped me from hurting myself even more than sometimes I, I was. And that that was a thing. And it definitely, like, helped me journal and kind of just get through, man. Because that was seventh grade for me, and seventh grade yeah. was the worst. I was just saying before you jumped in that I got made fun of, you know, uh, relentlessly. And it was hard. And, you know, I had a couple of friends that got me through, but the music, especially that year and this album, this album and this band was one of what got Yeah.
0: Me yeah. It's, it's like my, uh, <laughs> it's like my spiritual song. It's like the song that my sisters know, like, that's the song I want at my funeral kind of thing, you know, where it's like, yeah. you know, how you know in your life, you know, everybody's like what their song is like, this was always like my song. And I I don't listen to it, and I never really listen to it by choice, because it comes... My favorite thing about this song is it just comes on sometimes, and every time it just randomly comes on, it's exactly when I... It's always so fucking crazy, like, it comes on exactly when I need it, and I'll be sitting, and it just makes me, like, cry happy tears of, like, oh, yeah, that's right. Every other time this song came on, I needed it, and it got me... And I didn't fucking do whatever you know my and I'm still alive so it's gonna it'll happen again it's like I I push through other things I can push through this moment and it's just crazy how that song works
1: it's the power of music and I think this is one of the first not that we we're this is our third episode and I think one of the best moments like for you to be willing to say that and then we get to talk about you know a band that means this much like I love Brittany Howard and I am a fan now of Marion Call, but you know, and I, uh, who I'm doing on it matters to me. But that's really neat because, you know, you did on the uh, the choir in Alabama and whoever you did last week. It was and Jewel. I'm just,
0: yeah, Ju- yeah. I mean, Jewel's definitely, it's, Jewel, right? you know, yeah. she's like, she's one of those ones too when you, when you, but it's always like, for me, it's a heartbreak moment of like, ah, fuck, I have to get over another breakup. What do I do? Jewel, yeah. come here.
1: It's just awesome. To hear you say that and be willing to share that, and this is why we're doing this podcast for bands like this. This good stuff. Yeah, it's so awesome. Oh yeah, that's all. I hate that I flub over my words sometimes and like stutter when I'm just trying to say, like, man, that was great. Oh, <laughs> <all> I really <laughs> well, meant.
0: I that think it's great. very relatable. A lot of people, whenever they try to say, uh, j- uh, "Man, that was great," <laughs> see, I did it too. Now we're in this together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter that mine was on purpose. Doesn't matter. All right. All right. I'm just playing. Um okay, so Bleed America comes out. Okay. So then they drop Futures, which I which is okay, not it's just nowhere near as good. And none of the albums I'm going to mention next are even close to as good as Bleed American. But it's they're just different and the thing is when they drop Futures, then they were like at that level of fame where like They were opening for Green Day and Taking Back Sunday. And that's just great. Like, those were the big names in 2005. Like, that's who you were dropping a fuck ton of money to go see. Yep. So, so cool. And then after 2005, they go back to Tempe. So we go, we actually go back to our state of origin, which is Arizona in this case. And they're like, we're going to make a sixth album. And they do the same thing. But We're like, we're going to self-produce but they got now they were big names so they got like a dude from the Dixie Chicks and like a dude who did Switchfoot and Mandy Moore and like Butch Vig who was did Nirvana and the Spashing Pumpkins and Gar- and like they got like all these crazy people to work on the album with them and they were wow. just yeah yeah it was pretty cool so uh, and they dropped a couple more albums um Chase This Light uh Invented Damage Integrity Blues, and that the last one there came out in 2016. So, wow, yeah, and I and they actually are. They just dropped one in 2019, which I didn't. I'm like, are you serious? Wow, um, <laughs> it's crazy. So it's my my last little notes here are just like they had a spike in their. I didn't know this either. They had a spike in their sales, um in mid 2014, because. Yeah, uh, well no, in t- I'm sorry, in April 2016, Apple debuted uh, an ad. They were like, we're going to promote Apple Music and it had Taylor Swift lip-syncing and dancing to The Middle. And so it caused a significant like renewed interest in the band and then their Middle, the song The Middle was number 32 on the iTunes Top Songs charts for a while in 2016. Wow, good for them. Yeah, Pandora <laughs> was like there's a 325% increase in Jimmy World Station ads. So <laughs> yeah, so thanks, Taylor Swift, for all of your hard work.
1: Yeah, um, thanks,
0: Taylor Swift. <laughs> it's just crazy to think about. But yeah, so they dropped their last album. It's called Surviving, and they dropped that in 2019. And I'm feeling like that might be a one to uh, to check out right about these tier parts. I reckon. You know, surviving. Oh, last, sorry, last thing. In 2008, there was a giant universal fire. And I actually skipped this note because of time when I did the Alabama Boys. But. Alabama boys lost a bunch of the blind boys of Alabama. They lost a bunch of stuff in the Universal Studios fire, and that's Jimmy World did also. Oh, so I was like, "What? That's crazy!" I mean, it was a bunch of artists, but still, yeah, yeah.
1: That's a that's a good note because as you research well, that, that something like that'll always pop up. I would love to know. It's okay. like sad, you know, yeah, but I don't know. Is. That's just neat. Like, what if you know half of the artists you you or I do. And also, they lost stuff in the Universal Fire, which is fun because it's we mean Universal Records, but we get to say <laughs> Universal Fire.
0: And you know, <laughs> I too have
1: lost things in the Universal Fire. But you know, we're just talking about yes, it's you boring. know,
0: the proverbial Universal <laughs> Fire.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that was really
0: great. Okay, thank. That was Jimmy Eat World, everybody. That was a lot. So thanks for hanging in there and uh, listening.
1: It was awesome. I'm excited and indecisive about like starting to
0: listen to all their albums.
1: <laughs> like, so many. I know. Right? Um, I might
0: do the most recent one just to see where they're at now because that will be a crazy jump.
1: Yes, that would be dope. I would do that, Surviving. And I already feel like uh, after this, I'm going to listen to Bleed American
0: because it's oh, been a minute. I might have to. Oh, man, it's going to make me so nostalgic. <sighs> That's
1: my favorite thing. <laughs>
0: um, I did...
1: I did a woman from Tucson, Arizona, Ooh. who people may or may not have heard of. Um, she's kind of been around for a little while. I could do this cheesy, passive introduction, but I'm not because we don't have time. I chose Linda Rodstad. <laughs> hey,
0: that's what's up. You're no good. Hell yeah.
1: Um, hell yeah. So. And this, no, this works out because I started to look up a lot of stuff and then I got like kind of overwhelmed and I'm like, shit, there's so much stuff on her. So But I kind of, yeah. Yeah. And I kind of like, like, I don't feel rushed, but we don't have to make the podcast another hour or what have you. And and I think a lot of people don't know about Jimmy World or a lot about them. And where it comes to Linda Rodstadt, like she's 73 years old now. And if you don't know, yeah, she was... She's been in music for like fifty years. Just over four decades of uh of hits. So I nice. um I'll include, you know, some of the simple things. She was born on July fifteenth, nineteen forty-six, the third of four children.
0: Wow, nineteen forty-six, everybody, when women were just in the kitchen. <laughs> That's
1: right. Uh yeah. Her dad was a prosperous machinery merchant who ran the F. Rodstadt company. And her mother's name was Ruth. Mary Copeman was her maiden name. And she was, and she was a homemaker. Imagine that.
0: (laughs) I love this convectional oven.
1: Yeah. (laughs) They had a big 10 acre ranch. Um, She had a couple, yeah, she had siblings and her father came from from a pioneering, pioneering Arizona ranching family. He was German and English and Mexican. That's his ancestry.
0: Wow. German, English, and Mexican. He was a gem. (laughs) Literally. Wow. (laughs) Acronyms. Oh my God. We're doing it.
1: (laughs) We're doing it. The family's influence on and contributions to Arizona's history included wagon making, commerce and music and all that's chronicled in the library at the university of Arizona. (laughs) I know you said
0: wagon making. Yeah.
1: Linda's great grandfather, a graduate engineer, Frederick August Ronstadt, who went by Federico Augusto Ronstadt, immigrated to the Southwest from um, then was a part of Mexico in the 1840s. He, okay. So her great grandfather Federico was originally in um the Southwest, which was a part of Mexico then, and then he went oh sorry I read that wrong. He came to the Southwest from Hanover, Germany, and oh, married wow. a Mexican citizen in Tucson. So that's how, yeah. It's uh it's the English and German, but then it's mostly Mexican. Wow. So and she's just this, yeah, southwestern girl, you know. And yeah, her mom german english and dutch ancestry was raised originally in flint michigan that's all that other family stuff so a lot of that's all on wikipedia um if you want i don't like not that it doesn't matter but all that like background that's what's neat about her is her family has history so just the growing up and the history of linda rodstadt before her music is a podcast in itself to be honest yeah and then her career is so long So, I don't mean, Linda, I'm sure you're going to listen to this. I don't mean to shortchange your bio or, you know. Yo, she's 73. She
0: said, what? I'm going to, what what is a podcast? (laughs) What's this woman's email? I'm going to give her a piece of my mind. I'm sure she doesn't talk like that. A telegraph.
1: (laughs) I'm going to send her a letter. (laughs) She, okay, I'm kind of just going to flip around a bit because I'll I'll get into the albums um, for sure, but. As of now, so she was a artist and worked from 1967 till 2011. Some some fun facts. Yeah, when you go to look her up in Wikipedia, it says that she's a retired American singer, songwriter, re- record producer, and actress, which is just neat. Because nice. some people word it differently, or they never know if they're going to, oh, maybe one more run. But she's yeah. like, no, I'm tired, and I'm old, and I don't want to anymore. Um, <laughs>
0: I don't blame her, you know. I'm tired (laughs) of listening to her being seventy. Like the the idea that she has done so much, it's just like, how did you make it? You came from mere, mere uh, modest wagon makers, you know. Exactly. Yeah, she surprising. She made it. She ended up at the University of
1: Arizona and then went to L.A. And yeah, to even get out of there, or that's the part like I didn't read more into how supportive her family was or not, you know, all those in-between years. But there's just so much to say when it comes to the discography alone. Um, Yeah. Yes. Well, okay, every genre, all the genres she's listed that she's done, or that she's been in rock, pop, folk, country rock,
0: art rock, country
1: itself, hard rock, soft rock, mariachi, and Latin music.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Are you just, you're just reading the categories in Apple Music. Of music? Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just, nope.
1: That's when you, especially what? when you Wikipedia and then at the top, when it gives oh you some God. of the, you know, occupation instruments, vocal guitar, years active, 67, to 2001, oh 2011, God. I mean. Yeah. And then rock, pop, folk, country, rock, country, art rock, hard rock, soft rock, mariachi, Latin.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Christopher Loudon of Jazz Times wrote in 2004 that Ronstadt is blessed with arguably the most sterling set of pipes of her generation. Mm. Arguably most versatile vocalist of the modern era. That's what her website says.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't. How do you even sing mariachi? Like, how do you sing mariachi? (laughs) Like, is that? Am I doing it? Linda Ronstadt knows
1: she announced her retirement in 2011 um after shortly revealing that she was no longer able to sing because of the degenerated degenerative condition sorry words uh progressive <laughs> supranuclear super supranuclear palsy it's it's her throat literally like she's saying so much for so long in so many styles in a sense like she just wore her vocals out wow you know she just has been you know yeah uh, certain kinds of policies make you shake and stuff and that's what she deals with you know wow From her, her throat and her cords yeah how do you sing um, that
0: many genres i don't i'm sorry i'm i know, I know. i'm regressing here but it is, it's yeah
1: i know I, I and i when i go to wikipedia anything i click they're all it's so long which is so awesome and that's the thing so like I'm definitely mad at myself because I should have prepared better, but I took it like, Oh, I'm going to pull up, you know, a lot of the basic stuff, but then talk on, you know, the the albums. And so, yeah, what you should definitely take away more than anything is that Linda Rodstad is renowned and very experienced and very good at her job. And that's the point. Like she made so many albums. So like it all starts and she's at the university of Arizona and she meets Bob Kimmel, and they go. They move together to Los Angeles.
0: Kimmel, you say?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Bob Kimmel. And there they met Kenny Edwards, and the three of uh, them—they're the Stone Ponies, one of her first associated acts. She's so many associated acts. So Stone Pony, they do an album. They do two albums, and then she goes on. Which oh, it's it's folk music. They're part of. That folk. Oh, uh, the Stone Pony. Yep. Yeah, that's, they say they're part of that California coming up, you know, at the time. And then some of the, her first solo albums, 68 uh, and 69 was So and Silk Purse. And they more accentuated her country roots, like that Southwestern side. And she also then became a part of that California country rock movement. Oh, cool. Yeah, she had her hands in some of the beginning around Kenny Edwards and like Neil Young and stuff with some of the folk and then more people with the California country rock movement. Like, And in 71, her third album, her third album is a self-titled album. And she does it with these session musicians who will later be known as a little band called The Eagles. Oh, Jesus I Christ. I know.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? Linda,
1: yeah. you yeah. shouldn't have. She worked with Jackson Brown, Neil Young, Eric Anderson. Oh my God. Yeah, and she's that's and with them and those couple albums she's considered, yeah, one of the interpreters of folk rock they call it folk rock idiom.
0: Right. And my impression of her is like that she like when I think of her, I picture like that 70s feathered hair and bell bottoms and maybe a little vest with a pattern button down kind of, you know, a little bit of stomach showing, you know, very like uh, like I picture like the 70s basically when I hear her name. And in all reality, I don't really know. Like, I can't really place her music. I'm not sure that I would know. I just know the name. It's a weird life thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep. And that's what's fun is like what's daunting and exciting is to start to get into her. What you can do is pick a genre. I want to hear Linda Rodsand's country stuff and then you can get it and all the collaboration. So she has done over 30 albums and 15 compilation or greatest hits albums.
0: What the fuck? I haven't even
1: done one. (laughs) uh,
0: Me neither.
1: 38 of her songs. I'm flipping my papers in the air. 38 of her songs made it to the hot 100s. 21 reached top 40. And her song, You're No Good, made it to number one. That's one of her big songs, You're No Good. That's count 74 on the, which album is this? Heart Like a Wheel, originally. Also on that album is When Will I Be Loved? Banger.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Banger. <laughs> she reached, yep. In the UK, she reached the top 40 only with her song Blue Bayou, which is also, it's just beautiful. It is. Um, and she reached number two in 1989 with Aaron Neville when they did their song I Don't Know Much. It's my impression of Aaron Neville. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. Not James Ingram, Aaron Neville. <laughs> 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 um, we know her from from somewhere out there. She did oh. she did American Tale. the rescuer, an American Tale like Five O Goes West, an American oh, Tail music
0: from the motion yeah. I know that from fucking Community. Oh,
1: uh.
0: <laughs> oh my god!
1: <laughs> okay, I don't want to put too much and get in trouble or anything. Yeah. <laughs> When you, I went to Apple music and I, I went to her and then hit play. I was like, let me get the, you know, most search, the top downloaded. Let me start there. Yeah. You're no good. I don't know much. And the fourth one is somewhere out there. It starts playing. I'm like, I know this song. Oh, (laughs) and like you were saying, yeah, her voice is just so familiar with me. Her voice. It is. It sounds like the seventies and the eighties to me. It sounds like, I don't even know if I have the word
0: like, um, Well, I feel like it's like how I like late when I think of 90s singer, I first I just go right to Mariah Carey or like Orlando yeah, 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 depending Mm -hmm. on, yeah,
1: yeah, 70s. That's the thing, she's so synopsis, synonymous, and that what's
0: the word I want? I think synonymous is it,
1: yes, thank you, yeah, synonymous with. Um, basically the 70s and the 80s because her career starts in the end of the 60s and that's the thing. It's so many albums, so many compilations. She worked with... Oh my gosh, she just did so much. And so, so that's also why she is critically acclaimed, you know, not just for the talent. That's the thing. Her range was incredible. Her voice was so soft and melodic, yet also so powerful. It was graceful. It was cutting. It was... You know, this passionate, she could, you know, almost like she could do it all, you know, in one album, you know, it's so much fun. And it's this mariachi, you know, Latin style, you can hear the horns and then it's a piano ballad and she's breaking your heart because, you know, she doesn't, she just wants to be loved. So cute. It's If I, I'll list some of the people she's collaborated with. Bette Midler, Billy Eckstein, Frank Zappa, Carla Blay, Rosemary Clooney. Flaco Jimenez, Philip Glass, Warren Zevin, Emmylou Harris, of course, Graham Parsons, Dolly Parton, I'll get into Trio, Neil Young, Paul Simon, Earl Scruggs, Johnny Cash, Nelson Riddle. Jesus. Yeah, she's lent her voice to over 120 albums.
0: Like, Philip Glass, bro, like, that's so rare rant- Like, you might as well, it might as well say Hans Zimmer. Like, how are you... Yeah. Working, yeah. I don't understand. Earl Scruggs is as country
1: as you get. Earl Scruggs makes Johnny Cash look modern, looks like um, every day, in a sense. Yeah, she's she's just done it with them all. And that's the authenticity and that's that renowned respect that she gets because she truly deserves it. It's, it's every aspect. She's born with this talent and this beautiful sound and she's clearly pretty easy to work with to do this level to, to be this good, you get to do what you want in a sense, you know, yeah. and yeah, she came up in a time where it's not, maybe wasn't as easy or as common for a, a woman to kind of be picky, you know, or whatever, do what she wants, like, you know, now Adele is like, I don't want to make music, and we're like, okay, Adele, we still love you, let us know when you have another baby, it's fine, we'll <sighs> wait here,
0: you know. When so she like, said even, that, damn it. I don't know if she did, but like, <laughs> it's,
1: you know, with this, with her, like, it, it's, she must be so easy to work with and she's working with all kinds of people. So, you know, she's professional and kind and that it's the devout, this devout commitment she has to music to know, like she just loves it so much because she literally did this so long, so well with so many people until she couldn't do it anymore.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: I don't know what, if you ask me what dedication is, if you ask me who a dedicated musician is, You got to talk about Linda Rodstad because, you know, that that hustle that's that's on another levels, another level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She's just like, you want to work with me? Like, let's do it. I love singing. I'll sing whatever you got. Do you want me to sing? in another language I'm sure I'll figure it out we'll do I'll it Do it. yeah I yeah. do want me to say with Mick Jagger like it's just crazy to me that she was so versatile and obviously she was so good at doing so many different things I mean that's the dream right to be that flexible and adaptable and be able to do that many different styles well I mean that's that's the artist's dream exactly it just shows yeah they said how much she must adore and respect
1: the industry let alone music Yeah, that's that's the thing, you know, it's there's just so many things to be said about her when it comes to her career and who she is. It's, you know, yeah, all of this talent, this this relentless tenacity to be so good. Another song. So, yeah, you're no good. When will I be loved? Blue Bayou somewhere out there. Those are to this day her most popular ones that, you know, you just you they're in the jukeboxes and they're on the movies Go to Apple Music, the first four songs, was four I mentioned, the next four, Los Laureles, and Por un Amor, and I, another one, I don't know much with uh, somebody else, um, but it's beautiful. That's what's neat. I listened to her today. I was in the shower, and I'm getting ready, and I just put her music on, and that's I'm like, somewhere out there, oh, I know this one,
0: yeah. and
1: then hearing her do mariachi music, she's singing in English and Spanish. And the the backup vocals with her, the way the horns go, not to keep repeating myself, but just as amazing to do this many genres, to do them so well, to truly make it sound like this is the only genre that you do. Mm. You know, when she sings country, she's got that edge to it, and she knows how to make it rock. And then to have the grace and elegance that comes with, like, the, the light, um, yet just beautiful power that is in that mariachi and that Latina music, it's like... It's just amazing. And then the ballads, like to work with Aaron Neville and James Ingram to hold your own for that 70s into 80s, those big love ballads with the violin and the piano. Her voice is that big. You know, I feel like I did a half ass job trying to talk about Linda Rodstamp. But like, where? wait, do you why? I don't
0: know. I, I feel just, like I you're I doing I it. I think it's it's <laughs> it it's overwhelming. She has. Yes. Yes. a lot obviously she has a really long career but she can you know we've established she's very versatile and then I mean I didn't know anything about her so I feel well, like I this, with this
1: with one last thing I know yeah. we're,
0: we're, we're getting close to well
1: yeah into the so into the 80s she's got this you know t- uh, 20 year career already she's already established and so is Emmy Harris, of course and so is Dolly Parton so the three of them get together and they have um, their group called Trio. The harmonies are obviously off the chain. Yeah. And they mostly do, you know, country, country and folk songs. Danny gave me this information. Shout out to Dan Begley for helping me with these references and this information because he highly recommends the album Wrecking Ball, which is neat because that's what their album was called. And there's been other artists now who have that song Wrecking Ball. I don't know if you guys um, have
0: ever heard of a little artist called Miley Cyrus. Right. Who's.
1: Oh, wait, that is totally a connection because Dolly Parton's her godmother. Wow. That's crazy. Dolly Parton's goddaughter, Yeah, is Miley Cyrus. Um, Okay, so this was the thing about it when they did Trio and they did this album. It came out in 87 and they won the 1988 Grammy for best country performance by a duo or group for the vocals. And they were nominated for the best country song. Telling me lies. So good. Because they were and I think they're all credited as the writers, I think Dan had to double check that um what was what's really neat, not only about Linda but the three of them, they were nominated for Album of the year in nineteen eighty eight and why that's really significant because the other nominees were Whitney Houston, Prince, Michael Jackson, and the winners, you two, the Joshua Tree, so it's just to say like just in that moment of time they're all so good at their jobs and how they do it and how it affects people and what this music and, and them and their sound and their art means to people that even with, in the midst of the eighties, you know, country, country's always come and gone and, and country will stay in the test of time. And as long as there's America, there will be country music. You yes. know, which is, it's, it's not all racist, which is good too. Cause there a lot of people have really grown from that. And, and Ken Burns' documentary gets into, all of that. Oh yeah, country's just, like
0: some like the most American music. Like It
1: is. Yeah, it was literally born here. Yeah. It's just awesome that uh, that they were nominated and that it did it did what it did because, you know, you're talking the 80s as technology advanced again just before the 90s. So, yeah. music had come so far after the last 60 years or so, give it since the 20s. You're at this space going through the 80s where re- uh, recording is different, all that stuff from that technology standpoint, the sound and engineering has done what it's done. And you've got artists like Michael fricking Jackson and Prince. And the and oh, yeah. that just YouTube. made me,
0: I got to correct real quick. I, country and hip hop are the most American music. Yeah. You're right.
1: True, 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 true. Yeah. They, those nominees, Whitney Houston, Prince, Michael Jackson, and the Joshua tree. So just the only other woman they're not, they're nominated against is Whitney Houston. We're talking eighty eighty eight, 88, like the end of the eighties into the nineties is the year of, of that kind of pop and Whitney Houston. And so they're just all, they're all, all those artists are kicking ass and owning globally. And then also trio did what they did. And then she spent another, you know, 20 years. Yeah. 20 more years would be 2007. Yeah. She just still the, her last album she did was 2004. The last concert she did live was 2009 and then she just still can't, she can't do it. Um, But she since then has written a memoir She's written, you know, yeah, she wrote the book, Simple Dreams, a musical memoir in 2013. And then there's also uh, a documentary. So, yeah, I could just go on and on and on. I bet anybody listens to this now and they start to listen to some stuff, they'll find something. You know, they're going to hear one of her songs and go, my grandma listened to this song or this is a song from. That movie. I remember when they used to play this in the mor- on the radio. She's awesome. So thanks, Linda, for working so hard. Appreciate so great you, Linda. Job. Way to go, girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, yeah. I can't believe she, she's at, like, what, Parkinson's, right? Basically. Um,
1: palsy. It's, she has, it's such a hard word to say. <laughs> is it, I think it's key. anything palsy,
0: I think, is uh, Parkinson's. Former form of Parkinson's, yeah. Yeah. So, that's great. So, wow. Good for her, for all her badass work, too. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll have to look into... I I keep meaning to do, like, follow-ups where I am like, I found this out about the artist politically, but I feel like we'll find... You know, if we ever cover someone who crosses lines, like, we'll find out. It'll be embarrassing, but it'll be fine.
1: Yeah. Well, Marion Call, who I did for Alaska... I I didn't know anything about and it was really great because as soon as I searched her found that she was still you know doing things and was still on social media and as soon as I went to her Twitter it was blatant that she is you know on the right side of history we'll say and she's doing her part which she feels you know that she has a platform to do that which is great we want anyone and everyone who wants to listen to this listen to this we're not going to make our podcast too political you know we're also just who we are and you're not gonna get us to be like oh there are good people on both sides
0: (laughs) because yeah (laughs) (laughs) well i don't have a joke for that actually because anything i'm gonna say is gonna be mean and i don't want to i'm not doing that today i'm not inviting myself to a fight all right well next week join us for a good old round of arkansas
1: arkansas yeah, boy. Oh boy. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun.
0: Yeah, no, this was. I was surprised. I mean, Arizona had a lot to choose from. Mm-hmm. I a lot of people didn't know stuff. about. All right. Um, um, I'm this was great. Go Congratulations
1: lunch. again on your one year. Oh, thank
0: you. Yeah, this was really great. All right. Uh, thanks for stars, st- stars of the state. The stars don't have of the state. <laughs> de- 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 stars of the state. <laughs> Yeah, music, and, okay. We're going from A to Wyoming, talking about the homies making stuff in the USA. We're shooting the shit together to legit forever. This is the Stars of the States.